When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with another one. Devin Townsend's Terrier this week, going way back into the archives to 2001. But before we get there, my friend, how are you doing? Good. I, I wanted I wanted to uh, see if you would be interested in changing the name of the podcast to the uh, Talking Meat Exchange. <laughs> After this week, uh, we may, we may. Um, the lyrics on this album are out of control, but uh, we'll get there. Uh, before we get into the new music, uh, once again, going to just give a shout out and a plug to our new Patreon page, which will go live one week from the day that this episode is released on April 3rd. Uh, for those kind of excited or you know kind of wanting a sneak peek at what we're doing behind the scenes we invite you to go to patreon.com slash the metal exchange podcast all one word uh you'll see kind of the the bare bones structure of what the different tiers are and and what the options are that are available for all those who want to help support the show we've had now nearly 150 episodes we thought it would be time to kind of you know go a little uh you know kind of put out the uh Put out the old uh, collection plate, if you will. And I think that um, we've gotten a positive response so far. So thank you to everyone. Uh, we look forward to seeing you join us. And uh, all the episodes will be posted there uh, you know, early and ad-free so that everyone can take a listen. Yes, and uh, I I lost I did I lost the sound on you for a little while there. So oh, I, didn't okay. if you, I didn't hear if you mentioned this, but um, uh, we, we'll do a um, – maybe like a short – like four or five minute uh, episode, quote unquote, or really it'll be in your feed and it'll just be kind of a, a detailed explanation of how the Patreon's going to work, how uh, requests will work going forward, um, things of that nature, um, just in case, you know, um, anybody out there wasn't listening to the episodes leading up to the launch. So um, we'll, we'll have you covered and uh, I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it it's uh, the both of us have kind of played around with the format. I think the Patreon page looks really good, um, so I'm excited to uh, to launch that. It's gonna be uh, gonna be cool. So, um, yeah, exciting things to come. And uh, speaking of things to come, uh, did you check out the new Pyramid single? It's called Fortress. I think believe it's the second single from the album, which is due out uh, later this year. I think it's coming out on June 23rd. Uh, did you have a chance to check out Fortress? Yes, I listened to it earlier today, and it was uh, it's quite good. I'm looking forward to this album, as I, f- I think we've mentioned before how impressed we've been with their last couple of releases, particularly their last one. So it, it feels like they just keep getting better and better. Um, I love the um, the singer whose name escapes me right at this moment. Uh, I love his, uh, his vocals. I think they're so unique, and they just I look forward to hearing that, and... Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be good. Um, what did you think? I liked it. I, I got to be honest. I thought the last single was a little bit better. I thought Broken Arrow was phenomenal. But Fortress was good too. And if this is an indication of what the album is, I'm definitely looking forward to it. They're, they Their last two albums were fantastic. And I, I like the new direction. Uh, I mean, I'm a sucker for the early stuff as well. I got to be honest with you. It's a band we really need to cover on this podcast. Um, I think you can't go wrong with any of their albums, but I like what I hear. I like what I hear and I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited for this album come, come June. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Um, just, uh, seems like there's a lot of good a lot of stuff to look forward to that's, um, on the horizon. Another one, um, we talked about, uh, there's another single from the supersonic revolution, project that Aaron uh, uh, Aaron Lucasen is doing and uh, there's a new song called The Rise of the Starman uh, which um, 
feel like that kind of uh, really paints a picture of the time period that he's going for here. But um, another good tune. Looking forward to, to that album as well. Yeah, that was solid as well. Um, I, I don't know what my expectations are for this. I think we both enjoyed the Star One album quite a bit last year. I will speak for myself and say I thought that the last Ariane album was not as good as I had anticipated. I had very high hopes for that disc, and it just was, it kind of missed the mark a little bit. Um, but these two singles have been good, and I have a feeling that this album as a whole will be a very enjoyable listen. I don't know. Um, if it's going to wind up as an album of the year, but so far I, I like what I hear and I'll, I'll definitely be checking that out when it comes out. Um, and, and an album actually that I don't think I even mentioned to you, but there's a Finnish band called Pressure Points. They do prog metal kind of in the old Opeth meets Dream Theater style, uh, mixed vocals, both cleans and growls. This is their third album. It came out about a week or two ago. It was called The Island. Very, very interesting listen. Um, I actually put one of their songs on a upcoming playlist. I think you'll enjoy it quite a bit. Quite proggy, but also quite accessible. And I think I'm going to make a point of posting one of those songs this week as well. Nice. I, 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 that would be uh, new to me. Um, I, I listened to uh, three bands this week that are not, not new bands and one band that is fairly new. Um, Camelot. Their new album, The Awakening, is getting a lot of um, positive press, and uh, I've listened to it a handful of times now. And the more I listen to it, the more I like it. It's it's kind of reinvigorated my excitement for the band, and I'm actually now kind of pumped about seeing them at, uh, headline at Prog Power this year with some of this new material. I think it's the best album they've done since Tommy's joined the band. Quite honestly. I'll go further back than that. I think it might be the best album they've done since the Black Halo. Um, for me, and I think not only was the songwriting quite good, typical Camelot style. I don't, I don't think they really invented any, you know, they were, they didn't reinvent the wheel here. But what they did well on this album is that Tommy's vocals don't feel, A, like he's trying to clone Roy Khan, and B, they don't feel as forced. They kind of let him just sing. And I think that he sounds better on this album than he does on all the prior releases. Almost, almost like he would be singing on a Seventh Wonder album. It's just like more free-flowing. And I found that to be a lot more appealing than the last few albums. Um, I'm excited. I don't know how much of this album they're going to play when we see them. I have a feeling they're not going to be playing the old stuff that we, you know, long for in, in many ways, you know, that fourth legacy stuff. But I'm curious to see this stuff in a live setting. I think it's got tremendous potential. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just dawned on me, too, that um, Melissa Bonnie has a uh, has a, a cameo on this album and she'll be at Prague Power. So it makes you wonder if she'll make a little appearance uh, on stage with the band. That would be pretty cool. Well, she did it 70,000 tons and it was great. So I, I can I can definitely attest to that. I, I would be shocked if she did not sing live with them on stage in Atlanta. So uh, come check that out. I think it'll be it'll be a good time. Um, yeah, what, speaking, else, what else? Speaking of yeah, speaking of uh, singers replacing uh, you know legend legendary singers, uh, the new Redemption album "I Am the Storm" uh, came out last week, and this is the second album with uh, Tom England, um, you know, uh, replacing the great Ray Alder, who we've spoken at length on this podcast a few times, and I, I gotta say, like, I. I'm enjoying this album a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I don't really remember loving the first album they did with Tom. This one I really, really like. Um, the The two covers, uh, one of um, Peter Gabriel's Red Rain and the other of Genesis's, Genesis's uh, <laughs> Turn It On Again, are really fantastic. But um, all the original material, too, is really good. Um there's just something that just feels more accessible about this album for me. And I think I said to you, like I was very wary of Ray being replaced, not by, but just by Tom, but by anyone, because Ray to me was always just the iconic voice of redemption and, and fate's warning, of course. But I have to say like Tom won me over on this one and you know me, I'm not the biggest ever great fan in the world, but this was, this was really enjoyable. Um, this one really surprised me. I, I like this one a lot. 
I only had a chance to listen to it once. I was listening to a bunch of the albums that came out this week, and I've listened to them all multiple times. I saved this one for last. I'm going to give it another listen tomorrow um, before I get to this week's stuff, of which there's quite a bit. But um, I liked it. I feel like it's going to be a grower. I don't know that it immediately impacted me like some other albums this year, but I, I have a feeling that there's definite potential. I thought the production was very, very good. And there were certain songs that did jump out at me. I'd be lying if I remembered what they were after one listen, but I, I look forward to going back to it and, and spending some more time with it. Yeah. I, I have to mention Vikram Shankar, who's their uh, you know, new, new keyboard player. Not that new, really. He was on, I believe the last album as well. Um, he's such a fantastic keyboard player. And, and I don't know if he's injecting a different kind of vibe into this band but um whatever they're doing is we're really working for me um another band i listened to is a band i don't think i've ever listened to like a full album before until now and they've been around forever and that's narnia and um they have this new album called ghost town and and i i said to you i said i don't understand what the lion the witch and the wardrobe and christianity have to do with one another <laughs> it's such an odd thing that this band is called narnia and they they sing very um very christian type lyrics but um it's catchy it's it's got this like neoclassical kind of vibe to it um i i'm enjoying this album quite a bit as well and just to kind of uh put a bow on everything else i've also been listening to phantom elite's new album blue blood um big fan of vocalist uh, marina la taraka um she's really good um i'm enjoying this as well it's a little some of the songs are a bit hit or miss for me i think i need to listen to it another like one more time but um just like four really strong albums that came out on friday last week that i've really enjoyed and uh but couple that with the devin townsend album that we're about to talk about and I, i've just been Loop, like listening to these five albums on, on loop for the last like five or six days. Nice. I, I like it. And you know, it's funny because I'm surprised you had time because this album is this Devin album is not only dense, but it's also very long. It's not a, it's not a short album. Um, and even though it, for me, it feels like an easy listen at this point because I know it so well for someone like yourself that was not familiar with probably 80% of the songs on this album, I had to think that it was something you probably had to spend some time with just to appreciate some of the nuances here because there's a lot going on. But um, just to kind of set the stage, if you will, this album came out November 6th, 2001. And I think I'm going to actually read something off of Devin's website as kind of a summary statement before we start talking about this album because um, he says it a lot better than I do. He goes, I began to find myself in a place of reconciling the whole city infinity and physicist period in my mind and through small amounts of touring with the strapping young lad guys playing all manner of my material had a bit of an epiphany while on tour in canada supporting a band called the smalls it was a simple van tour middle of the summer idyllic weather and a new fender strat in my world the songs for terria as well as the name all kind of appeared on that tour and in my frame of mind. When I got home, I began to compile the experience in regards to the tour, as well as the drama of the past few years, and found myself taking psychiatric medication in order to keep moods at bay. Unfortunately, I also used that as an excuse to smoke inhuman amounts of marijuana, and the result of is this numb, tranquil, yet rather unhinged album. Production-wise, I did most of it in my basement. Gene helped me by playing drums on it, and a friend named Craig McFarlane played bass on it. I used a strange sort of heavy metal kick drum sound, as well as a strat with lots of effects, and at the time when Sean and I mixed it, it sounded really great to me. Of course, these things age in relative degrees, and now it's a little kitschy, to be on uh, sorry, uh, kitschy, to be honest, but still a powerful thing for me that I was very proud of at the time. It was the first time I had worked with Travis Smith as well. And as a result, it was the first album I was truly happy with the artwork. So that's, that's Devin's thoughts. And we'll uh, see you I'll next just week, say, folks. Yeah, <laughs> actually to, to that end, he did an entire podcast on this album. So I'm not going to go into too much depth about the background and what was going on at the time, because I don't even want to put words into his mouth. He does it a lot more eloquently than I ever could, but I strongly encourage as a companion piece to our thoughts to listen to Devin's podcast Ontario. I'm sure it's available on every pod podcast platform that's out there. 
Yeah, and that's also why we uh, didn't bother asking if he wanted to do a, uh, an interview with us because we figured he's probably said all that he needed to say about this album anyway. So uh, in now two it's hours, our, yeah. now it's our turn. Now it's our turn. So um, I'll tell you a little story to kick this off um, before I, you know, kind of go to you. I don't know if you're aware of this. This, I think, one is, if not the first, it was the second promo CD that I ever received in my life going back to like early November 2021. Actually, now that I think about it, it might have been even a couple of months before that. But the I, I, I knew a guy who was in the record industry and he used to do like um, marketing and stuff like that for 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 albums and for labels and whatnot. And uh, I was working in retail. I was a young kid. I think it was my first year, you know, it was my second year of college. And he comes into the store and he hands me this album by a guy named Devin Townsend. And other than the fact that I knew he was going to be playing prog power the following year, I had never heard a, a note by Devin. And he's like, this is the new album. It's coming out, you know, in a few weeks or whatever it is. And he hands me the disc. So this was actually the first promo CD or maybe the second that I, that I had ever received, which I thought was interesting. That's very interesting. Um, I, 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 this is, this is my first deep dive into an older Devin Townsend album. I, I got into him more so in the last few years when he was announced as headlining Prague Power most recently. Um, I was just kind of at a loss, but, but unlike the first time he played Prague Power where I didn't care, this time I was like, you know what? I have a lot of friends that really like Devin Townsend. I I need to really give give him a chance. And so I listened to a lot of the songs that would be uh, end up on the set list, and I ended up really becoming a fan. And since then, I've purchased all of his albums and and listened to them. But everything from before that is it, there's so much material, especially when you include the Strapping Young Lad stuff. Um, it's just so overwhelming and, and I just never really knew where to start. So this kind of, you kind of made the choice for me, which is great. Cause um, I'm not sure I ever would have figured out where to even begin. Like there's three different forms of Devin Townsend's band. There's the Devin Townsend band, Devin Townsend project, Devin Townsend period. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, where the hell do you even start? So this is, this was a, a good start for me. Um, I, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I think the only song that I even slightly re- uh, recognized was the fluke because it was on a playlist that you had made years ago. Um, but honestly, I really didn't know. I, I didn't really recognize much, much of anything on this on first list. Interesting. Um, before we get into the album, how would you say it compares with his more recent material that you might be more familiar with? It's, I think that the, like the more recent stuff is a little bit more, uh, there's a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more like a little less chaotic in, in, in parts, um, a little less aggressive. Um, but I think I kind of dig this, um, in a completely different way. Like it's, uh, it's, there's just, just like dense is always the word of the day when it comes to these, some of these prog albums. And there's so much with the, the orchestrations and the, the guitar work and his vocals. And, and there, there's so much that goes into like, you talk about like how each song has its own flavor, but like some of these songs have different flavors within the individual song. That like it, 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 it. I listened to this album. I was before we started. I was on my sixth listen. Wow, um, good for you. I'm, I was I'm like, glad we have an hour time with it. We I was like, we have an hour before the podcast. I'm going to put it on again, and I didn't realize how long it was. Like that, I couldn't even listen to the whole thing in an hour. It's, it's actually <laughs> longer. It's 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 about it's over seventy minutes long. I made it into. I was like halfway through Tiny Tears, and I we had to go on. So. um uh, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's dense. It's, it's, it's super, super dense. Like the, my first time listening to it, I didn't even know like when the songs were changing, like, I didn't know what was going on. It, it definitely was something I wanted to really dig into and, and pay, uh, you know, pay a, a significant amount of, uh, attention to. Well, I, I appreciate you doing that. I think that, by doing that, it, it's really the only way to kind of um, 
I guess I'll say it this way. You have to immerse yourself in an album like this because there's just too much crap going on for you to give it like a cursory listen or two, if that makes sense. Um, I remember when I first heard it, my impressions of the album now are completely different than they were when I first heard it. When I first heard it, I loved the fluke. And I loved Stagnant, which I'll, we'll, we'll get to later, because they were kind of the two most accessible songs by a country mile. And even though I still love those songs, I find myself gravitating more towards the other stuff, which is really eclectic, angry in some cases, super um, depressing in others. But for some reason, it's an album that I constantly go back to, and even to this day, I still listen to this album semi-regularly. And if I'm going to listen to a Devin album and I don't have one in mind, I'll go back to this one. And again, maybe it's just because you remember your first. But I've always thought that the production on this was so um, vivid and there was just so much going on that even now, like I said, I listened to it a bunch of times this week and I was hearing things that I haven't recognized even after listening to the album 25 times or whatever it's been. And I remember when I first heard it, I was like, it was kind of jarring, but then I would go back to it and then I'd play it again and other things would jump out and it was still jarring, but then I go back to it. And then eventually I'm like, this is freaking brilliant because I couldn't stop listening to it. And, and here we are over 20 years later and I, I still can't li stop listening to it. So there's definitely something here. Um, and, and, you know, we, we kind of mentioned the lineup, uh, at least part of the lineup when I was giving Devin's recitation, Jamie Meyer is the keyboard player and the piano player on this and Gene Hoagland, who is his drummer on Strapping Young Lad is the drummer here. And my God, does he do a phenomenal job on this album holding it together because without a top-notch drummer, I feel like this thing would just go off the tracks. I feel like Gene Hoagland might be um, – like he's been – I mentioned on this episode, on this podcast uh, more, more than a lot of people have because he was on – death symbolic album and um yeah. he, he's he was on the uh strapping young lad city album that we uh talked about um so yeah his name has come up uh a few times um, and it's funny because there's so many other albums that i feel like in time we're going to cover that he was part of if that makes sense he's just been on so many albums um if we go back and do some of the old testament material he was in he was in testament for 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 a spell uh still with them to this day if we if we do some of the newer stuff he was with fear factory he was with uh he, he played uh, some he kind of guessed did some guest spots for opeth um I, he's obviously with dark angel for a number of years so he's been around but yet at the same time um, we just keep dancing around him. Eventually, we'll just have to do a whole episode on him uh, him by himself. Yeah, I think he drummed on the last Frank Sinatra album as well. <laughs> he kept that from going off the rails. I mean, what a what a guy. Yeah, well, um, well he was recommended by Tony Bennett at the highest order. So, <laughs> um, th that all being said, let's uh, let's get into this one. the The album starts with this extended three minute intro which is slow, it's creepy, it's droning. It's called Olives, and believe it or not, it actually reminds me of the way or of, of the, that A Pleasant Shade of Grey starts out by Fate's Warning. And I don't know if I stole your thunder here, but the sound effects in this intro just beg the question, what the hell is going to happen next? Um, it's really interesting, and for a long time, I always got this and the next full track, Mountains, kind of... I don't want to say confused, but they blend right into each other. And for my money, it's really just like one long 10-minute intro to the album, even though Mountain is certainly its own discernible track. Uh, I was totally going to say Pleasant Shade of Grey as well. Definitely nice. got that uh, vibe as well. But yeah, this is really just feels like an extended, uh, ex like a proggy extended intro to the first you know, full-length song, Mountain. And and talk to me about Mountain. What are your thoughts on this? Because it starts with this like primal scream that almost reminds me of black metal, but the song doesn't sound like that. Just the intro. What what are your thoughts on this track? Uh I like this. It's um it probably isn't one of my favorites on the album, I would say, but um I feel like it kind of sets the the tone for just this very um 
I hate to keep going back to the word dense, but I mean, it's just, there's a, there's a, there's a density to it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, I, first of all, I think that Devin Townsend has such a, a unique vocal performance, the way that he can sing kind of this, he has a really nice sounding clean vocal but he also has this really like guttural raspy kind of like angry vocal and he goes in and out between the two seamlessly it's really impressive and and this song i feel like is um it's it's, it's kind of hard to explain because i feel like like earth day is such a uh just such a part it's it's just a wild song this nine minute wild song and this almost feels like it's just kind of easing you in before the the super chaotic thing kicks in (laughs) um because i feel like as far as a devin townsend song goes mountain is fairly straightforward it is And, and in many ways it too is just slow and heavy and kind of droning um but the, the the standout to this song is the keyboards that kind of make this whole droning thing come to life. It's very diverse. And, and the middle of this song almost has like a video game soundtrack quality to it, which I, I don't know why I think that, but I, it feels almost like the, uh, the soundtrack of a game. And then at the end of the song, it goes back to that droning quality that kind of starts out in the, in the beginning. Um, ironically, it was, it's also not my favorite track, by any stretch, I would put it in the bottom half of the songs that I love on this album. Um, not that it's the worst song on the album by any means, but I don't. It's not one of my favorites. It never has been. So I, I agree with you there. And then we get to Earth Day, and I, I know I've mentioned this to you in the past, you know, offline. But I guess my question, more than anything else, is: Did you eat your beats today? Because this <laughs> this this track is is fucking bananas. Um, I didn't love this track in 2001. I don't know that I loved it in 2003. It's 2023 and it's one of my favorite songs of all time. I love this song. This is an absolute beast of a track. Uh, Epic doesn't begin to describe it. Um, It's weird. It's charming. It's brutal. It's introspective. It's it's unbelievable, and one of my biggest regrets, when we saw Devin, or I don't even know if you did, but when I saw Devin at Prog Power 3, he played this song, and I didn't appreciate it back in 2003 or whenever it was that we saw him, 2002 when we saw that show. I would kill to see the footage of an early Devin Townsend playing this song live with me in the audience, no less. I just didn't appreciate it, whereas now I would go nuts for it. Um, I have more to say, but I want to hear your thoughts. Um, I I think I stuck around for like one song that year, and I was like, all right, not for me, and took a walk. And uh, so I, I definitely missed this. But um, this song definitely resonated with me um i I, it's just like it's all over the place and the i had to pull up the lyrics and boy they just are the the, the, his brain is just is on a different plane of existence than the rest of us the things (laughs) that he he comes up with you know that we're just talking meat i mean i i that that lyric is going to stick with me probably forever um (laughs) there there's aspects of what i think of devin townsend now because there's a lot of kind of theatrical uh aspects to the song um it in a lot of ways reminds me of rob van dam's theme song um (laughs) by i forgot i forgot the name of the band that um that did his wwe theme one of a kind um but um I get kind of a, a vibe from that, but um, it, it's, uh, you know, we always talk about these long songs that don't feel like they're that long. And this is just one of those ty- type of songs that goes on for uh, almost 10 minutes. And But I think because there's so many distinct parts of the song, it doesn't really feel like it um, drags. It almost feels like Mountain feels like a longer song, even though it's three minutes shorter. 
100%. Um, I, a couple more things I want to say, but before we do, I'll just make this my song of the week because even though I could have easily selected another song um, and I'm kind of taking the easy way out by, by choosing this, it's just that damn good. So let's give it a listen and I'll, I'll say a couple more things about it. It's, it's kind of funny when this album came out, uh, even though I would constantly go back to it, I, there were tracks that just didn't grab me. And now a track like this becomes one of my favorite songs of all time. I love how the chorus is just absolutely brutally heavy. And to be honest with you, MVP Gene Hoagland, his drumming on this is like percussion personified. It is an absolute highlight. And what I think I love about this song along with others on this album, I should add, is that you can almost feel the emotion dripping out of each note and each vocal line and everything else. It's just beautifully constructed. I think it's cool. I, I found out that um, this song was kind of a dedication to Canada, which is where Devin's from, in case um, you weren't aware. Um, I know you were aware, but the audience, um, <laughs> which I thought was kind of a cool, a cool thing because... Um, there's not a ton of like Canadian metal bands and, and like, you know, when we talk about Canada with music, it's mostly Russian Devin Townsend. So, uh, and maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the, their, their name, uh, uh, Borealis, uh, for, for good <laughs> yeah. measure. If they're um, your third, you, you've got other, uh, no, and I like Borealis, but like, I don't know if I'd throw yeah. them up there with Devin Rush at this point, but, I thought Maybe. that was kind of, I thought that was kind of cool like he was touring like driving through Canada with this band and was like you know what would be good uh, let's make a album and dedicated album to, yeah whilst whilst on uh meds and 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 lots of pot um it it, <laughs> it, it made for a very interesting uh album I'll say I'll, I'll say that much it it definitely did um we get into deep peace next which I love the guitar tone at the beginning of this song. It just sounds so cool with the different ambient effects in the background. This is another song that's like a live favorite. And he's played this even to this day. He'll, he'll sometimes sprinkle this into the set. It kind of starts off like a ballad. And then it just kind of turn, turns into this quirky, like hard rocking tune. But it always gets stuck in my head. And I find myself enjoying like Devin's vocal range you mentioned it earlier but I think it's on full display in this track where you get the ballad and then you get the kind of the screams um with a great guitar solo I think he's an underrated guitar player and I think that's on full display on this track yeah I was just gonna say like about halfway through the track there's some really prominent uh guitar playing and you're and you're right I was gonna say that as well like you know I think people oftentimes think of Devin more as a a vocalist because he's the vocalist on everything pretty much that he does. Um, but he is a really good guitar player. And I'll, and I'll point out a, another song later on where I was really um, impressed with the, the guitar work. But um, yeah, this is another, this is another one of the songs that I had um, towards the top of my list as far as songs that I really enjoyed from, from this album, just uh, good stuff, a little bit less, chaotic after the the earth day fiasco um <laughs> but uh, you mean that in the best way possible oh yeah as, as i love a good fiasco as you know um ever this, since this... ever since taco bell 1999 um, <laughs> I, I just love a good fiasco um 
the, ironically, and, and I think the song Deep Peace is aptly named because I feel like after I'm done, it does give you this odd, quiet sense of peace. There's something about it that's actually very relaxing. And then he, if Earth Day wasn't enough, Canada is the real tribute to, to, to Canada in many ways. Um, this one has a bit of like a country twang to it. Like, I, I don't know how else I would describe it, but like almost like a modern United States country sound to it. Um, and then it's got these really interesting bass lines, which is not something I talk about much on this album, but the bass lines on this one are really, really good. And then it gets really kind of proggy where like the drum beats start changing and it's not just this like typical drum beat rhythm, but it's all over the place. Um, not my favorite track though. That all being said, not my favorite track. I think the bridge is fantastic, but I, I think that there are better tracks on the album. This one is good, but I wouldn't say it's great. Yeah, I'm actually right, right there with you. Um, I, I actually found that it was, it sounded very similar to Deep Peace in a lot of ways. I, I feel like a couple of times I listened to the album, I didn't even realize the track had changed. Um, so yeah, yeah. But, I, but I didn't enjoy this this much, as much as Deep Peace for a song that is I that I find constructed similarly. But um, I'll say this, like. When you know we we talked about at length uh, Prague Power Three, we had a whole episode dedicated to it. Um, you know, when you think about my mindset going into that festival, knowing that Pain of Salvation and Devin Townsend were both performing, and and me not not giving even less than a shit about <laughs> either of them, and now like in fast forward however many years, and I've seen Devin Townsend and Pain of Salvation. I've seen Devin Townsend once and Pain of Salvation multiple times, and I, I, I totally respect all that stuff that I missed out on during that time. I mean, say what you will about more recent Pain of Salvation, but like you know, getting to listen to um, you know Perfect Element and um, Remedy Lane, prepping for Prog Power, and now getting to listen to Teria, and, and even when we talk, we listen to Smashing. Uh, Sla- smashing young lads, sma- slapping, <laughs> slapping, smashing, uh, strapping. I'm getting, I'm getting confused with um, smashing young man, which is a collective soul song. Uh, <laughs> the uh, strapping young lad and the smashing young man are actually one and the same. I don't know if you realize. Okay, that makes sense. I'm st- I'm yeah. still waiting for the collective soul Devin Townsend tour to start. Um, <laughs> the the the, uh, the the hints, allegations, and Terry left unsaid. Um, <laughs> But anyway, uh, the, we're we're going off the rails a little bit here. Um, it, it's just, I, I, it's funny, like the the things that I just didn't have the patience for when I was younger. Um, you know, band, bands like uh, Scar Symmetry that I would have never listened to, or whatever. Like my mind is open so much more to to stuff that I would have never even considered like a long time ago, and it, it's just so interesting to me where. Like I used to hear the name Devin Townsend and just would be like, ugh, and I would raise my snobby power metal nose into the sky, um, and and now I like have just a totally different uh, feeling. Like I I actually look forward to um, Devin like seeing Devin live and and new albums and stuff. So uh, just a little sidebar there as we uh, talk about a song about Canada. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, very very very. Um... I think very important because I think that even you would get tired if you listen to just power metal all the time. I mean, maybe not as tired as most, but tired uh, nonetheless. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's it's interesting too because in the last couple of weeks, two of my favorite new albums were by Ice Age and Redemption. So go figure, right? I wouldn't have had that on my bingo card in in. 2002 i don't know that i would have had it on my bingo card in 2022 so there you go there you go um the next track is down and under and this one has this awesome acoustic guitar at the beginning or at least it sounds like an acoustic guitar it's really really interesting um it starts up slow the drums and the bass kick in and then it actually gets pretty heavy but not, not fast but heavy um, it's almost like post metal in its approach, like a band like the ocean or something like that. Um, this is a song that reminds me of something that you would probably hear on a more recent Devin Townsend album in terms of the way it's constructed. That being said, it might be my weakest song on 
the, of that we've talked about so far. It's not bad. It's just something about it doesn't grab me. And then I know what's coming ahead of it, which is a very accessible song. And I think that that might be part of the reason why. To me, this felt like it was the, um, it was like a, a middle point, like it's kind of like bridged the fir- the two halves of the album. It was almost like a segue between act one and act two, so to speak. So I don't know that I really like put that much thought into it as far as like, is it one of my favorite or least favorite songs on the album? Cause it, 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 it to me is similar to olives where it's more of a, like a shorter instrumental track. piece to, yeah, to kind of connect things. Cause um, I have to say like the second half of this album after this track, um, not counting like the hidden track and the bonus track, which we'll talk about, but just the next four songs really, really impressed me. Um, Interesting say- because if the, I'm surprised that like some of this earlier stuff didn't almost lose you, but that they were able to like kind of bring you back in starting with the fluke. Um, that's interesting to me. Talk about the fluke and your thoughts on that. I, like you said, it was probably the one song that you kind of knew from an old playlist. And honestly, the reason I had put it on some old playlist is because this was the first song that I really liked by Devin Townsend. So I thought no better, uh, no better place to start. Yeah. The, just that op- that opening guitar is, is just so catchy. It, it, it I mean, no, no pun intended because the song's called the fluke, but it hooks you right in right away. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's, it's, that's the, the thing that I, I think because you put it on that playlist and even though it was so long ago, as soon as I heard the song, I remembered it. And I think that's how memorable that, that opening is, but then like kind of combined with that kind of ele- electronic keyboard kind of sound to it, Makes just for this really interesting tune. I think if there was a a radio song on this album, this seven plus minute song, the fluke, <laughs> would be. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they'd probably have to do like an edit that's about half half as long. Well, as in Billy fairness, Joel, last- as Billy Joel once said, they had to cut it down to three oh five. But um, <laughs> the last two minutes are kind of this like ambient noises on a loop. So it really is about a five minute song. I didn't realize how long it was on the album because. I never even considered the last two minutes as part of the song, but uh, yeah, it would make for a great radio single, and it is very poppy in many in many regards. Awesome lyrics, great verses, great chorus. Uh, has a bit of an industrial feel, in my opinion, almost like um, not quite like Fear Factory, but like an industrial fear feel to it, and and a song that I would like to hear live just because it's so damn catchy. Yeah, this was earmarked as my song of the week at one point but it got uh over overtaken i think it was my favorite song from the beginning because i think it was the one that i remembered most and it was the the easiest to grasp onto and then i i've bounced around um i had earth day pegged at one point but then <laughs> after talking to you i kind of figured you were going to pick that so um mine's still coming but um this was definitely up there um i kind of forgot that the end of it is just kind of like Typical Devin noodling, like. <laughs> but you can't get mad at the guy. No, it's 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 just it's part of his it's part of his uh, insane genius. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it, it's just it's kind of funny. Like it, it's it's just kind of vintage Devin Townsend. Like you know, here's two minutes of kind of nothing. Well. You're right, um, but you're also right. The, the end of this album, like, is really solid, and and nobody's here is probably the song that grew on me the most. The this go round, if you will, it's kind of a ballady tune. It's a bit nondescript, a little repetitive, but it's beautiful. Um, there's like these laser like sound effects that kind of permeate the beginning of the song. A very cool bridge, and I actually like the backing vocals on here, which is something that you don't hear that much on on other parts of the album. I don't think I did a great job describing this track, but I do like it quite a bit and and more than I remembered it in many ways. Um, Do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is my song of the week. Really? I really, really like this song, and I'll tell you why. It is the Devin Townsend version of November Rain to me. Like, it, it... it 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 
starts out kind of like emotional and, and kind of mellow and then it picks up and then there's just this just a guitar solo that would make Slash proud. Like it was just um the the guitar work that most uh that I found most interesting on the whole album was the um the guitar solo here because it's just Devin just shining. But in this instead of in this like aggressive or or like scary or crazy kind of way it's actually very, like you said it's very beautiful it's very um very moving um and whenever i heard whenever i would hear the song like the more and more i heard it, i was like man this is just such a a nice song after like a lot of aggression and just kookiness um but the that guitar solo really kind of reminds me of um slash in, in november rain and just the way that that's a very emotional song this kind of felt like the uh, canadian version <laughs> there you go uh let's uh let's give let's give nobody's uh here a listen and and i'll come back and share my thoughts If I would have lined up the tracks from 1 to 11 or 12 in terms of what I thought your song of the week was going to be, I don't know that I would have gotten to 7 or 8 before I selected this. I'm very impressed. This track is really, really good, and I'm glad that you chose it. Um, Part of me thought you were going to choose the next track, which is Tiny Tears. This is an absolute gem. It's got this guitar intro that's almost like very far Eastern sounding, almost like a sitar in many ways. This song has also just completely grown on me. And I don't know that I ever recognized the brilliance when, uh, when I was younger. It's a very emotional song, absolutely beautiful lyrics. And again, I don't know that I ever even paid attention to the lyrics, even though I've listened to this album so many times. Um, this song would have made a very good album closer in my opinion. Um, but either way, it's towards the end of the album, and it's just an absolutely beautiful track that clocks in it like well over nine minutes. So it's it's not short, but it does not feel over nine minutes long. I really like this one too. This might be my second favorite song on the album, or whatever. Um, I got uh, some Pink Floyd vibes on this yeah, one. Yeah, um, like if Pink Floyd was a metal band, this would be their song. Like this. I, I it's almost like comfortably numb, but just taken to the next level. Yeah, um, comfortably numb with balls. Yeah, um, exactly. Just another really good tune. Like I, I, I feel like, like I said before, this album just finishes so strongly. Uh, in, in my opinion, if you take the weird uh, hidden track out of uh, out of the, the discussion, because um, even the Happy bonus track, the bonus track is. Um, quite good as well and we'll talk about that but um this is a really lovely song it's also kind of has um a, a, a kind of an emotional tinge to it but uh sure. a little bit more heavy than than the um the previous song nobody's here but um this is another really fine fine tune and it's uh definitely in my t- it's probably my second favorite it's close it's pretty close with earth day it's up there in that probably top three for me but just uh really good it's it it, it really makes me want to kick myself for for taking so long to to just i feel like the last person on earth who's a metal fan to discover (laughs) devin townsend like hey asshole he's been sitting right in front of you the whole time (laughs) it's all right listen better late than never um 
even though the back catalog is daunting, I think there's a, a lot of, a lot of stuff to be checked out. Talk to me about stagnant, which is like kind of the second really poppy tune on the album. Yeah. I think it's kind of keeping the, the, the vibe from after the fluke where it's just kind of, it's kind of a little bit more chill, a little bit more, um, emotional, um, maybe melancholy might be a word you would use, uh, again, like great, uh, another great guitar solo. I thought like Devin just sh- like proving his salt as a guitar player. Um, and just a really, um, it- it's a lot shorter when you compare it to the last like three songs, uh, which I think is good because we're kind of wrapping, wrapping things up here. Um, but uh, I thought another really good tune and a nice way to, to kind of close, close things out before we talk about a a hidden track and a bonus track. Yeah, I agree. This one, this was the second, as I mentioned, the second song that just grabbed me immediately in 2001. And I still love it. I think it's very poppy. It's about as straightforward of a track as you'll get from Devin, who's known for his quirkiness. Um, but it just, you know, it just makes you want to sing along. And I think the vocal performance is very strong. Just a really solid album. Um, before you get to Universal and Humble, I don't really have many thoughts on Humble. It's kind of a hidden track and it's kind of them just kind of fucking around, to be honest with you. I don't really have any thoughts other than it's really quirky. Um, but I do have some it thoughts conf- on it Universal. It confused me. I, d- I didn't realize that it was a hidden track. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then, like, it's just kind of like, acoustic guitar noodling for like an hour an hour a minute and a half and then (laughs) and then it just kind of it's like a sound effect loop for the rest of the song and i was like oh Devin, you like you you think this is a track and then i looked it up and apparently it just happens to be a a hidden track that received a name which a lot of hidden tracks don't typically get (laughs) because they're hidden um so when i kind of like took this out of my overall view of the album um it, it made me like the album a little bit more because this kind of felt like a little bit um uh self self indulgent i guess would be the word um but now knowing that it was a hidden track i don't nearly feel as bad about it um so yeah uh it just just kind of an interesting thing like my understanding is this is not uh terribly uncommon for devin townsend to have a a a goofy little hidden track uh, on his album no it's it's uh maybe his calling card um (laughs) and then the the bonus track universal this is like a knee slapping toe tapping jam and then in many ways it reminds me of ocean machine which is one of his earlier albums even before this um widely regarded as one of his best something that we should probably cover at some point um just a really really groovy tune and the drum work here is absolutely fantastic i think it's um interesting how about halfway through the song the song completely changes courts and course but gets really really heavy just mimicking the first half of the song it's really weird how he does it but um great drumming good song um and and a bonus track that makes you happy you spent the extra money in my opinion yes yeah it's a good song i think it's better than some other songs on the album actually um the beginning of it though i thought they were going to do a cover of rap is crap by the west texas rednecks uh (laughs) that's that's a real deep cut right there but um (laughs) i know exactly what you're talking about yeah but then you're right it like literally stops for like half a second and turns into like a completely different song. Um, it's, it's cool though. It has that kind of just that Devin Townsend kind of uh signature vibe to it. Um, I gotta say like, just speaking of the album overall, um, the musicianship is off the charts um, for everyone involved. And you mentioned it before, but um the overall just sound and the mix of this album for an album that's now over 20 years old, it sounds fantastic. Like the drums are crisp and aggressive and, um, and they sound fantastic. I love the, the orchestrations that the keyboards layer into these songs along with Devin's like his, his unique vocals and his unique guitar style. 
Um, and then, and then just like you, you layer a base on there, like nothing gets like, like drowned out. We talked a bit about like a, a maybe not so great, uh, mix last week with, um, labyrinth and, and now like certain instruments were getting kind of washed out and you don't have that at all on this album. It is a sonically very pleasing, uh, album. So I will say this was, um, for me overall, a very, very enjoyable experience um and i'm glad that i i had the time to really listen to the album several times because how i how i viewed it the first time was very different from how i viewed it the fifth or sixth time for sure nice nice um i think it's a a very headphone worthy album in the sense that if you listen to it with headphones more things pop out to you that you never realized and it's just amazing that it's only five years after labyrinths no limits but one sounds like it was recorded on a four track fisher price toy and the other one sounds like it was recorded yesterday in you know in, in at, at uh, a grammy award winning uh sound studio so really interesting stuff so, sorry I'm, olaf yeah listen we we love you but i mean you know you, you said it sucked so i'll just leave it at that but um <laughs> I'll just put that out there. Let me ask you this scale, scale of one to 10. I'm really curious. How high does this get for you? Uh, I, I will give it a, um, I'm going to give it an eight, uh, eight and a quarter, 8.25. Um, it's a very I, high score. Yeah. For something I've never listened to before prior to this week. Um, that's about as high as it, I, I, it's, it gets for me when it's something that's brand like absolutely, brand new um yeah that's why i was gonna say it's very high i i have it as an 8.5 a bit of a nostalgia pick i have to say just because i've been listening to the album for so long it was my first devon album um but to have your score so close to mine as at an 8.5 that's really really high praise so I'm, i'm glad you liked it i i i was it was an album that was on my radar for some time to pick um, and I think I'm going to be more inclined to pick another one of his albums in the not too terribly distant future, because Lord knows there's enough to pick from. Maybe we'll have to do his album that he did with Steve Vai and really just kind of round out the trifecta. Yeah. Well, that we can spend another hour of me apologizing for com- being so late to the party. <laughs> I like it. Um, before we get to next week's request, let's talk about some news. I know that, um, you know, I, obviously, we did a whole episode based on 70,000 tons of metal 2023. Uh, they've picked a destination and they have dates for 2024. So I'd be remiss not to announce January 29th through February 2nd of next year, departing Miami and going to the Dominican Republic. 70,000 tons 24 will set sail. They announced it earlier this year and the skipper has vowed to announce the lineup in a more timely fashion um, because I think he heard the complaints of many. So I look forward to seeing bands start sprinkling in at some point. Um, Needless to say, I'm going again. I'm looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. I hope you'll be joining me. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to talk to the accountants. Um, or we'll just, or we'll just let's see how the uh, the Patreon goes. This might be this is this might this Send trip Chris might be seventy thousand tons of metal. Thank you. There you go. It's it's um, much like mankind once wore the "pick me, Steve" sign. I'll wear the <laughs> "send me patron patron" sign uh, to episode. the dr. Yeah, that's right. The, send me the dr. Uh, even if it's just a, a, enough for a one way ticket, maybe I'll just. Uh, Stay there. Um, nice. I, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll figure out your way back after we record a couple more episodes. Um, another another bit of news, which um, happy news, Halloween back in the studio. Looks like they are working on new material for their next album. Um, we both had the last one as our album of the year. So I can only imagine what expectations there are for the next one. Uh, but, but by the time that album's recorded, we'll have seen them live in New York City, and I have a feeling they'll be doing a number of other shows uh, before we actually get this material, but I'm looking forward to it. Chameleon 2. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, nothing would surprise me. Uh, and some, some, some kind of crappy news that you had shared with me earlier in the week. Do you want to talk about Calidia? Yeah. So, um, you know... I think it was actually, was it the same year that we had Halloween as our uh, number one? I had Kalidia's uh, remake of Lies Device um, 
I want to say it was in my top five. I, I enjoyed that album so much. Um, but they, they've decided to call it quits. They only released two, they released two albums and then they re-recorded their first album. And then that, that's pretty much it. But, um, I, uh, I, I was disappointed because I just, I thought that this was a band that was kind of, um, going somewhere. Um, the, I, I just really enjoyed, I just enjoyed them. Like, I, I especially, I don't know, maybe I didn't like the second album as much as the first one. So maybe they were trending downwards. It's kind of hard to tell and a band only writes two albums, but, um, I don't know. Uh, it's disappointing, but, um, we'll, we'll continue to follow, uh, Nicoletta Rossellini, who is, um, their singer. She's still going to be involved in walk in darkness and, uh, the, the, Aaron, Aaron is the, uh, the, uh, I, I'm, someone's going to have to teach me how to pronounce this. The Aaron eyes, um, who were on my, on my list last year. Um, I love, I liked that album quite a bit. Um, that was with, uh, her along with, um, Mizuho Lin from Semblant and, uh, Justine, uh, Oh God! Why do these names have to be so hard to pronounce? Uh, Justine Dai uh, from Eloise. Um, so that was a cool album. Having these three uh, voices all together, I thought that um, came together really well. So um, yeah, I guess we'll see what what's to uh, what's to come from from her. And um, I don't know what found the other founding member, uh, member Federico Paolini is going to do because he's as far as I know is not involved in any other bands currently. Um, but, uh, I love Nicoletta's uh, vocals. So I definitely will continue to follow her career and, uh, and see where, see where it comes. But, uh, it's always disappointing to, to kind of hear a band that you thought was like an, an up and comer kind of, uh, fizzle out. So, um, you know, all the best to uh, all the members going forward. Yeah, um, well said, well said. And that brings us to next week. Next week being the first Monday of the month. Next week being uh, obviously the first Monday of the month being a request here. Something a little bit different. We've obviously received a number of requests from a number of different people, and we love that. Soon we'll be taking the requests from our Patreon members uh, pretty much exclusively at that point. Uh, but we figured we would end things with a, a kind of a new request. Some We get a lot of promo materials sent to us, and we check out as much as we can, and obviously we appreciate those being sent to our email address at the Metal Exchange Podcast at gmail.com but we got a request not from a label but from a band they're called unchosen ones and they are a spanish band uh they build themselves as quote new old wave of melodic heavy metal which always makes me laugh um but their new album is coming out uh on april 21st it's called sorrow turns to dust it's their debut album um, and we're going to give this one a shot. We're actually going to take the request from the band themselves. I, I took the liberty of listening to a song or two. Um, I have not listened to the whole album yet. But this has some real potential. I'm actually really impressed by what I heard so far. So we'll see how the rest of the album is. But we're going to do um, Sorrow Turns to Dust by the Unchosen Ones out of Spain. Uh, and then we'll post some of their stuff during the week so people can hear it. Uh, in advance of the album release, so it should be it should be a fun one, and I thank them for uh, you know asking us to do this. Yeah, I, I, this is I think going to be really cool. I, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this will be ahead of the actual release of the album. Yeah, our episode will come out about three weeks before the actual album drops, give or take a couple of days, but well over two weeks uh, before the album comes out. So uh, hopefully it'll draw some eyeballs on them if, if in fact, the, our review is, is you know, <laughs> well-received. I, I don't know. I don't know how the music's going to be. So I really I don't know, um, but I'm looking forward to it. It should be a different experience. And um, being that it's their first album, hopefully we can help uh, get some eyeballs on them. Yep, and this, this episode will mark the final episode of our non Patreon era of uh, the metal exchange. So we figured we would go out doing something unique and different that we haven't done before. Um, in spite of uh, Dean Wells asking us to review several Terra Mays albums. Uh, just, <laughs> just kidding, Dean. Um, 
Speaking of which, uh, they were they announced that they're coming out with another album this year. I know that's sh- real shocking. The hardest workers in the business. Oh my god, they, they don't tour because they're too busy recording new albums <laughs> three times a year. Um, god, god bless. Um, yeah. I look forward to it, and then uh, we'll return the following week as we start the Patreon era with uh, one of your requests. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And um, with that, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll come back with some brand new music. And I do say brand new because our listeners won't have heard it, and nobody else will either. Because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, enjoy the week, my friend, and I will talk to you soon. All right, it's been a pleasure talking to uh, one of my favorite pieces of talking meat. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Take care. Choosing a song was hard for me. Was that because you liked so much of it? There, there was it- at least a handful of songs that I like really, really like. This, this being one of them. Yeah, this, I don't know what it is about this song, and the lyrics on this whole album are just really, really awesome. And speaking of which, um, I almost chose another track, but I'll get to that later. Um, there's this. There's just. I don't know. Maybe it was the drugs, but he did. He is just like this album was is just freaking phenomenal. I'm glad that we went back to it because I'm happy you. I'm happy you got to listen to it because this was. I, even though I listened to it a ton back then, I think I actually like it more now than I did in 2001, which is ironic because I did play it a lot back then. Well, I would have never guessed that in a million years. I, I, I thought for sure, I, if I would have I outlined the tracks that I would have guessed, I don't know that I would have had this in the top six. Not that it's not great. I love it. I just don't, I didn't have you pegged for liking this song, if that makes sense. This, this well, was a real did I. I think I, deci- I decided that today that this was like my. <laughs> like I decided that about 15 minutes before we started. <laughs> Literally, because they, by the time you got to Tiny Tears, we had to start. <laughs> We should do another Devin album, not necessarily next week, but I, I feel like uh, there's a lot of meat on the bone here. Yeah, I, man, I, I missed, I really missed out for the longest time.